0: Welcome to Consume For Good. I'm Billy. And I'm Emily. And we're your everyday couple working through a plant-based keto lifestyle. This week we have a really fun episode. Uh, We thought with the holidays in mind, maybe talking about the struggles of not just vegan, but maybe keto, and then how there's even more struggles compounded when we uh, combine them. So (laughs) before we get started, we do want to say, if you are going down this, planning on going down this path, please make sure you consult an expert to make sure it's the right path for you. That said, uh, let's get into it.
1: Yeah, like Billy said, and um, we usually talk about giving yourself a break and being understanding and sort of focusing on the positive, you know, any progress is progress, right? We really try and emphasize that because that is how we live. We are by no means perfect every day. <laughs> and so we want to, you know, share that sort of open-mindedness to it. But with that, I think sometimes we skate over some of the struggles, mm-hmm. right? They're both two very different diets to a traditional diet that I was brought up with. You know, sort of just a, you know, not standard, very traditional diet. Um, and so it's important to, I feel, to just sort of acknowledge those struggles as not to, again, paint it as like everything's easy. It's it's so, you'll be able to switch in no time. Like there are some struggles. This is everything we're going to talk about today is in no means a way to turn someone away from making that change by any means. It's just that we kind of want to be honest about it.
0: Yeah, it's, for us, this is, I mean, episode 29, we've talked about different ins and outs of vegan diets and keto. I think that, you know, the thing that is really important is is that it's not all rainbow and sunshine, right? Mm. You know, at the end of the day, if you're changing your diet because you want to change your weight or you want to eat healthier, there is some effort that is going to be needed. And I think that that's important. And sometimes, like you said, we may not convey the struggle part because we're all about You know, Hey, look, you know, it's a weird time right now. You know, we're going through a lot. We want to make sure that we stick to it. So sometimes scaling back a little bit keeps us on that track. Right. So I guess, you know, let's kick off with vegan, right? What are the, what are some of the struggles that we've had when we switch from vegan and to kind of backstory this, we kind of went into the bed. We went from meat based keto into kind of a less low-carb vegetarian, and then we made the transition into vegan. I think is our progression.
1: Definitely. We went from very strict, and I think we've talked about it before, overly strict mm-hmm. keto right before last year's holiday. So around this time, we were, I think, being overly strict. Mm-hmm. And so in the holidays, we took that a time to ease up, and then we came back and we're doing vegetarian, low-ish, cup. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then like you said, into vegan. Yeah, definitely, we can start with vegan. I think the first thing that always comes to mind when you think of the struggles of eating vegan food is just the sheer effort. It takes so much more brain power to make sure that it is vegan. And that's sort of a couple different ways, but I think a lot of it is like constantly double checking, Mm -hmm. constantly reading ingredients, constantly checking is there something in here that would make it non-vegan is, it, mm-hmm. you know, we've done that in stores. It just takes forever.
0: Yeah. And we've talked about, we've, there are a few brands that have, you know, they change mm-hmm. the recipe, you know, at least yeah. three or four times since we've stumbled onto them as a product. So, you know, even stuff that you think is traditionally okay, and that you can, you know, walk down the aisles and just put it in your, your cart. It, sometimes it's not the case. You know, I think we find ourselves double checking things constantly. And that, that double checking gets very stressful because, You want to stick to the diet, and you know a lot of manufacturers use different parts of animal-based products to stabilize or Mm -hmm. add flavor or bulk up. So I think it does present kind of a a challenge, and Mm -hmm. you know sometimes you just want to go into the grocery store, grab things aimlessly, put them in your cart, get out, right? For sure.
1: And I think especially with everything that's going on right now, people are very wary of touching things and putting them back on the shelves, Mm -hmm. right? But there is a certain element of. Either you have to pull up the item on the website and look. But as you said, companies change their recipes. We bought things thinking, oh, it is vegan. And then they've shifted their recipe to include, you know, I mean, the joke I feel like is milk powder. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like Less than 1% of milk powder isn't needed, but it's in there no longer making Mm -hmm. it vegan. Um, So I think that's definitely difficult. And when, back when (laughs) we were able to go out for meals, It's Again, it's reading the menu, trying to predict what would be in this. Mm -hmm. And I think going out, you know, butter is in everything, right? Mm -hmm. So having to be like, well, is it in this? Can I double check? Asking. And even I think what I hate to do is I hate being difficult in restaurants. I hate asking. I hate double checking. I want to fully trust what they're saying. But as someone who has like a a milk allergy, Mm -hmm. if... It's not cooked in oil, it's cooked in butter still. It's a very ugly outcome for me. (laughs) So, you know, I I want to be trusting of restaurants and I want to just be like, oh, this seems like it is vegan from what's listed. But in our experience, that's not always the case. Mm -hmm. So you definitely have to be, you know, just ask one or two extra questions and ask how it's cooked or what else might be in it. You know, you just can't pick the first thing on the menu that looks good and go from it. Mm So all of that effort... Adds a lot more to every single meal, whether it's at home and you're getting some at the grocery store or out at a restaurant.
0: The other thing that comes along with eating out, and this is a little bit kind of a, of a, of a side topic, is there are a lot of restaurants that are showing up now that are specifically vegan restaurants, mm-hmm. which is really nice, right? It's yeah. definitely opening up a lot more options for us because traditionally, if you go to a place where they don't necessarily cater to vegetarian or a vegan diet where you run into an issue is is all of a sudden you're you're basically looking at the salad menu (laughs) or like the pasta menu you know there's a very limited part of the menu that you can and that really kind of brings up the idea of why am i even bothering you know Mm -hmm. pasta i can boil water at home right so is it really worth going out just to eat something that is relatively easy to make at home and i think that that kind of conflict goes back and forth Of we want to go out we want to enjoy maybe have a have a glass of wine have a good meal Mm -hmm. but like you said that double checking look at their menu ahead of time some restaurants have a standard menu and then they change it based on the season you know there's Mm -hmm. a lot of things that go into that decision making
1: yeah and we by no means are professional chefs we're just neither of us have taken any cooking courses or anything Mm -hmm. we've just kind of learned what we do as an average person would and so we want to go to a restaurant and and sort of enjoy foods that someone with with more expertise has created but like you said it's really hard to find almost like a regular mainstream mm-hmm. restaurant that will have a vegan meal that's not just a chef's salad.
0: Yeah, <laughs> so i think to kind of build on that and we touched on it a little bit is the idea of like to ensure you don't accidentally eat something for some people eating a little bit of dairy is not a big deal but people that might have an allergy you know it can really it can really mess with you and like like we talked about whey powder gets mixed into Mm. a lot of things so it's really and you know sometimes it kind of you know when you're looking through 30, 40 ingredients in a package, it can easily disguise itself or hide itself amongst those words. Uh, I am definitely guilty of, oh, this looks great. I checked it, it looked right, and we get it, and you know, we're not feeling so good afterwards, and we do find those whey powders that are, are in it. And you'll find that more of stuff that's really trying to add extra protein, like whey powder isolate and different mm-hmm. stuff is generally where we find it, not necessarily traditional foods or replacements. Um, so yeah, I think that that, that makes it really difficult because like if you do eat it, do you, do you feel, guilty? you know, you kind of weigh on, you're like, I should have been better. You know, yeah. you don't want to beat yourself up over, over those types of things.
1: For sure. And I think like you mentioned, we don't feel good after eating. I have a dairy allergy. You've definitely noticed it in other things. It, our bodies know that this is something we don't normally have with a lot of food products, egg, milk, things like that are usually like allergen. Mm-hmm. So quite often if it's like milk powder, it will be listed as an allergen. So you'll be able to see, you kind of skip the ingredients and see that it contains milk. So that's good. But the way it doesn't always, I don't know if that's a difference between brands or whatnot, but sometimes that doesn't register as an allergen under the category of milk. So it definitely is hard. And it's one that mm. we have both looked in the ingredients, looked at it, looked at it. And then realized, oh, no, it's right there in front of us. The other one that gets me quite often will be glycerin. Glycerin? No. Mm. Glucose? No. Mm. Gelatin. There you go. There we go. Wow. I have literally all those three words in my head get mixed up every time I try to. So, <laughs> gelatin. <Yes. laughs> you know, those different... Gelatin always sneaks up on me. I, If it's not a candy, I don't think to look for the word gelatin. Mm-hmm. But there's things that we've had that we've got home and gone, Oh. is the gelatin obviously it's a stabilizer that's you know to hold shape and everything but i forget to look for that one yeah and i think the problem with gelatin in in
0: general is they don't discern whether it's a vegan Mm -hmm. or a uh, animal-based gelatin right it'll just say gelatin on on the label and you usually have to go to the website or find a reliable source that says yes this is this Mm -hmm. isn't so i think that that presents a problem uh is you can't really look at a label and go oh yeah okay this is or uh this is vegan and i think that that kind of talks about into the like there's nothing really like vegan right i mean if you think about like we have all these substitutes and things like that they're just close enough and i think Mm -hmm. sometimes that can be really frustrating because if you're coming from an animal-based diet you know maybe like a veggie sausage in the morning sounds Mm -hmm. good to hit that kind of that breakfasty note and and that Mm -hmm. kind of what you remember. And sometimes the flavors and the textures just don't quite hit the mark, right? It works. You get kind of the idea of it, but does not hit that satisfaction of the product. And that is, I would say probably one of the toughest things because it's, well, you know, you're, you're thinking to yourself, well, why am I bothering eating this? But at the same time, you don't want to be like, Oh yay tofu cylinders and, <laughs> uh, you know, and something else. So it does, I think that that is one of the other frustrating things about about vegan.
1: It definitely, I think when you buy something quite often, you look at it, you see the advertising, you see the packaging, that's what I mean, and you think, okay, this will be a great substitute. It'll scratch that itch of missing that item. And then when you actually get it home, cook it, prepare it, whatever, it just isn't close enough. There's mm-hmm. quite often a lot of things, and we've talked a lot about when we were comparing like crumbles, which is the vegan version of ground meat, mm-hmm. right? Sort of ground meat. A lot of those are okay. And the first time you're like, no, oh, this isn't too bad. And then when you start to eat it again and again, it is that it's it's definitely not ground meat. It's definitely doesn't have that mm-hmm. taste. It doesn't have that same kind of connection in your brain of this is ground meat. Mm-hmm. And some of them are like funky textures or a little bit off and just, I think sometimes it's difficult when everything is a bit off, Mm -hmm. right? Everything just is a little not quite right. And sometimes that's really, really frustrating when you just want to eat what is familiar, what is normal, and it's frustrating.
0: Yeah. And I think that's actually kind of a good segue into like our thinking and frustrations with keto, right? Mm -hmm. Is like at the end of the day, keto is very, very restrictive. Mm-hmm. And so finding products like vegan crumbles and things like that, it does lend itself to being more restrictive because you have a very select few things. And if you don't like the taste of those select few things, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're kind of, kind of a uh, out of it, you know? Right. So, and I think that with the keto side of it, the restrictiveness of keto was one of the same things that we really ran into a wall when we were doing traditional keto and then mm-hmm. mixing it in to a vegan lifestyle that's where it gets even, even crazier. But I think the keto standpoint restriction, right? There's no way around it, you know, you know, you can only have, you know, based on your macros, you can only have so many carbs. And realistically within that, that amount of carbs, there's a lot of things you can eat, but you can also not eat. And we've talked about when we switched to a vegan keto diet, we had to increase our amount of the amount of carbs that we were allowing ourselves a day. Mm To make sure that we weren't starving ourselves.
1: For sure. And I think that's a really important part. Maybe our diet we've chosen. Keto is much more restrictive than just vegan. Mm -hmm. Keto vegan, we've said many times, it's very restrictive. And that we do get frustrated with it frequently. But I think when you're doing a vegan, if you just eat vegan, there's lots more vegan versions of normal foods than there are keto versions Mm -hmm. of normal foods. So there's definitely a lot more choice if you're doing just a regular vegan diet. Yeah, I think it's very restrictive like you said, and that causes kind of the next frustration I think is it causes setbacks. As you get into this rhythm, it's been so restrictive and you've been like on a roll, but you're still missing some of those normal things, and then it leads to maybe an unplanned cheat meal. We're big advocates of like have those cheat meals, enjoy them, but our experience in the past, sometimes that restrictiveness, it's hard to get back into the keto. Mm-hmm. You know, you have your cheat meal, and you're like, I've missed this. I've missed the the options, the choices. I've missed not having to be so restrictive. It's hard to then be like, okay, back on the wagon. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Or I think one of the things that we find ourselves doing is we're doing a cheat meal and over-ordering. And sometimes, like we've talked about, planning your cheat meals so that yeah. you have just enough food that the next day that you're going to go back on the
1: mm-hmm. on the
0: train, you don't have any leftovers, right? Mm. If you buy eight pizzas and then you have <laughs> two pizzas left over for the next day, right? Your are cheap, you cheap weekend is going into it's turning into a weekend not a day so i think that that's one of the things that we we struggled with in the past is you know we're so restrictive that we're like oh i want this i want that let's one of everything you know and the pizza guy's (laughs) looking at me because we were in a one-bedroom apartment he's delivering 40 (laughs) pizzas you know so i've gotten some uh, interesting looks from uh from some delivery folks but I think that that's where you know you have to be really careful, and and it does derail because it leads into a couple of days, and then all of a sudden, your two months worth of work that you've just done, you've just derailed two months versus just you know maybe going up a couple pounds because of you know yeah. bloat and water weight. So,
1: and I think our diet, and we've talked so much about it, diet for us is related to how we feel so when we're having a stressful time it's hard to be so strict Mm -hmm. with our food and be really not even the strict bit because that's not it but the like tracking and obsessive that piece it just feels like such a burden so when you already have a lot going on it's hard to add that burden to your plate without it feeling overwhelming another reason that we sort of cut back on the tracking piece and definitely eased off because it did feel like a bird and it was too much i think the next thing is sort of similar to what we talked about at the top with being vegan like eating out is still a little difficult with keto i think it's much easier mm-hmm. you know you can ask for a grilled chicken and steamed vegetables and no one really bats an eye like they understand that that's a traditional i'm eating out but i don't want to go overboard Mm -hmm. there's there's a whole range of reasons people ask for those sort of things so no one then has a you don't have Mm -hmm. to really ask too many follow-up questions and i feel like it's a lot easier with keto because what it's probably going to come is like is it going to be with bread or potato like you can see the things on your plate a lot Mm -hmm. easier to avoid Mm that don't fit into the keto diet
0: yeah and a lot of the stuff that doesn't necessarily fit like if you go to a nice steak place, right? The steak, you know, is good. It's the sides that then mm-hmm. kind of drive up those carbier parts of a meal. So it's really, like you said, it's easy to either substitute them with something else or just avoid them on the plate altogether.
1: I will say the one thing that goes with this too, maybe a bit of both, is with keto, if you've planned a cheat meal, you're going out. And I have a very distinct memory of this, um, <laughs> actually from last year. And you go and you have your cheat meal out and you're like this is it i'm going to enjoy it get back on the wagon and it's disappointing Mm
0: -hmm. yes
1: i remember it like there's you know that's i think that kind of goes with the one before it like it leads into a weekend where you're like well i'm already out of ketosis because i did have something that wasn't within the plan but i didn't enjoy it all Mm -hmm. of that restrictiveness all of that hard work you know just a cheat meal To then get back on the wagon when you didn't really enjoy it. That is hard, I will say, Mm -hmm. you know, with food. And that's for any sort of, that's not keto necessarily. That's any diet. Anytime you have something, okay, this will be my one dessert. This will be my one whatever. And it just doesn't live up to expectations. (laughs) Again, it's hard to, okay, back to our zoodles and, you know...
0: (laughs) Well, and I think that that's a good segue into some of the things that can be kind of frustrating with both. And I think this one is more frustrating. And it's not even food related. It's really like, everybody has their opinions, right? You say one thing, like, you say I'm going down a keto, keto lifestyle, and everyone's like, Oh, keto, I, you know, I know, my cousin's great aunt did it for a week, oh, yeah. and she failed miserably. And it's so bad for you. I read one article, and then you say, "Well, we do vegan at the same time." And people are like, "Oh my god, what do you right? even eat?" And you know, and that's where you just have to joke. You are like, "Oh well, we got like,
1: yeah. you know,
0: two square feet of grass out back, <laughs> and that is, you know, our daily." Yeah. And and I think it gets really frustrating because there are a lot of times where we're just like, we just don't want to tell people because we don't want to. It's not necessarily that people are going to like judge you or say mean things to you. It's that you don't want to have the conversation yeah. in. because those conversations get a little unruly.
1: Yeah. And it's more the like silent judgment. <laughs> yeah, And also I feel like people are like, oh, it's a fed diet. The ketosis style diet came about in the 1920s, again, for health-related reasons. Mm -hmm. So it's not new. It's not a fad. Doctors have been saying to particular patients, like, hey, this might help with your diagnosis. And again, that's why we chose it, for my sort of health reasons. And so I feel like that's our justification, is I then have to disclose all this personal history. Mm -hmm. And, oh, well, this is what I've been struggling with since I'm my teens. and Like, I don't want to have to reel off a whole list of symptoms and a whole list of, you know, reasons it's what works for us. And it definitely has worked. And I, we've said before, everyone has their opinion until you drop 50 pounds or so. And then everyone wants to know how you did it. Okay.
0: Yeah. And that, that's definitely the, like, you know, the other side of it is, is all of a sudden you start showing success and people are like, I, I feel like we got this a lot when we first started keto. It was this keto. I don't know. Read the label. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, true. like at the end of the day, it's simple math, right? You take your, your carbs, you minus your fiber and, and you're good and if yeah. it has sugar in it if it's alios there's yeah. specific sugars you, you subtract that like it's not rocket science when it comes to figuring out how many net carbs are in a product mm-hmm. and i think that that's where it gets like the keto side of it, it gets frustrated because people are like oh what about this i don't i don't know i mean Same. sure yeah and the other side of that is is everybody has a different number when it comes to their mm-hmm. macros so that gets a little frustrating in that like i don't know if you are doing keto i don't know what your net carbs for the day is how you have your percent of protein to carbs to fats that's all you know very personal in how you decide to approach the diet so realistically something that might work on our keto diet doesn't necessarily work on other people's and i think that that's where it gets a little little frustrating
1: and i think we're more than happy to help you Mm -hmm. know sort of share experiences but i do agree we have always taken like a sort of whole food approach to it of like we eat lots of veggies when we're doing the meat side we would eat high quality meat, you know. now obviously we have the meat substitute, so that's a bit different, but we're not looking for too many products that are sort of normal products, but would they fit into a keto diet? Mm-hmm. Obviously we've talked about lots of products in the past, like the same 20 or so again and again <laughs> mostly small sweets um but a lot of times they want a specific product or they want a specific recipe and it's like how can they fit it into their diet how can they veganize it how can they keto it and i think that's a frustrating bit because sometimes there's no possible way and like you said we don't know how many carbs if they're doing 150 carbs then yeah probably fits right most things yeah. would but it's hard to compete with with the real thing, there is a certain level of acceptance of things will taste different. Mm-hmm. Things yes. will be not quite as you remembered. And in some things, we have found things that we love and we really enjoy the taste. And even if we stopped both the keto and vegan tomorrow, I think we'd still keep some recipes and mm-hmm. foods that we found. But also, like not everything can be fit into this diet, and there is a level of acceptance that that's sometimes the hardest.
0: The recipes that we put up and put out are things that we have found that fit that bill, meet the criteria, but still have good amount of flavor to keep you on track with this. Mm-hmm. And that, I think that that's where from that standpoint is is we're happy to put stuff out there. It's not for everyone, mm-hmm. but it is a good starting point if you're switching and and starting and you need kind of a few extra ideas. And that's really the kind of the whole point behind, you know, this podcast, our our blog, our, you know, posts on Instagram and other social media platforms. Is really that idea of like, we're all kind of, if you're going down this route, we understand that it's restrictive and mm-hmm. it can get boring and tedious. And those things are what tends to cause you to either, you know, lose sight of, of what the end goal is or give up or, you know, a cheat day turns into a cheat month <laughs> that turns into a cheat year. No judgment. And, and we get it. Like we've, we've been there, right? We've had these struggles. Now with that, I think we've talked a lot of the struggles, but there are still good things. Like you're saying, there are some things that we have found that really do, if we were to stop the keto today, we're not going to stop the vegan side of it Mm because we really do enjoy that side. Mm -hmm. If we were to stop, there are still things out there that are good. And it's a great, if it fits within your diet and your lifestyle, then there are those benefits
1: for sure and I think the first thing for us of why it's still worth it and why even with all the struggles even with all the extra pressure of just like the world right now why we keep doing it is we feel so much better while eating this way mm-hmm. it's definitely we feel like our bodies run a lot better we have a lot more energy we just feel better mm-hmm. and I think you know again we kind of mentioned earlier on we chose this diet specifically for my sort of health reasons and to make sure that we are the healthiest we can be. And this is allowing us to be it. We are checking with our doctors, making sure that we get blood tested, making sure we're not missing anything, Mm -hmm. we feel good. You know, this is allowing us to be healthy. So I think that really is important to us. It's always, you know, weight loss is a great part of it, but our main goal is always going to be being healthy and taking care of our bodies.
0: Yeah, and I think the other the other thing that's helped us with is is kind of like saved us money in a way. So being in lockdown has helped with that because we do have to make a concerning effort to order from somewhere. But I think for things that we're craving or we want to do, it's either making a recipe, getting the ingredients, and doing that, or it's you know how do we how do we make something similar at home, right? And with that, we're able to add those elements into our weekly grocery shopping. And so we can drive down the price of, of creating new things, which mm-hmm. is really good. Because you know, at the end of the day, if you're ordering from DoorDash or Uber Eats or any of these, you know, delivery services, you know, there's a five to ten dollar delivery fee, right? Mm-hmm. On top of the food that you're doing, plus a tip. Mm-hmm. So I think that there is, you know, this element of we're definitely saving a lot more money because we're able to incorporate it into our shop and build something fun that we really. Like a good example, you know, zucchini lasagna that we did a couple mm-hmm. a couple weeks ago so was good. really, really good. It didn't quite hit that whole keto aspect, but it was enough of uh, mm-hmm. remembrance and, and felt like a lasagna that, yeah. you know, it was good and hearty. especially as it gets cold here in Georgia, exactly. it's nice to have dishes like that to turn to. For
1: sure. And I think with that as well, like you said, being at home, being in, working from home, lockdown it's a lot easier to eat whatever we eat because some of our dishes don't quite look right, you know, with the substituted products. They're not the prettiest of foods because we're used to and more products being such a part of those picturesque mm-hmm. foods and so it's nice being at home like we said not to be judged not people asking questions in my workplace lots of people are vegetarian vegan so i don't think it would raise too many flags but i think it's just nice to be able to eat our lunch enjoy it for what it is and not have a oh well actually this is what we do well, well, you know i just don't want an elevator pitch for my lunch every day of the week you know
0: <laughs> these two different diets combined are not you know, easy. Right. And that was kind of the episode, but we don't want to be, you know, Oh, it sucks. Everything's terrible. It's either for you or it's not. And that's a really, uh, a smart decision to make for you and maybe working with your doctors and, and people that are, you know, within the industry that can help drive out a diet. If it, we look at ourselves as we're stumbling through this, but we're also a supplement if you are looking for yeah. other avenues or other ways to incorporate these types of foods into your diet. I think with that, that's really kind of the episode. If you do have, you know, struggles or things like that, you know, feel it's free easy. to shoot us an email. We always, you know, respond within due time. You can hit us up on Instagram or even, uh, you know, our check out our blogs and recipes. There's a lot of good stuff there. So Uh, We have a really fun episode for next week, and we look forward to seeing you then.
1: Yeah, see you then.